Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. This is the Eat Sleep Believe Repeat Podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. Introducing first the man of the hour. Now rise up and feel the power. Let's go! Da Vinci? I like how my voice kind of faded out there at the end. That was it was interesting. All right. Anyway, <laughs> dude, there was there was fucking banger after banger after banger after banger this week, Charlie. Honestly, yes, that is the truth, and I I can't wait to dive into it all. Man, there was just some there was some beautiful wrestling this week. But before we get into all that, there's actually uh, Charlie. I have a question. All yes. right. On a scale of one to pissed, like pissed, how mad are you that Henry Cavill is not coming back as Superman? Oh, man. Oh, it's definitely up towards pissed. I mean, thankfully, he's kind of put out what he's doing next with that, you know, Warhammer. I guess it's like something, you know, he's been passionate about for years. So at least we still have that, right? But but he also left The Witcher, too. So it's like the guy was. He was Superman, and uh, that's what blows my mind. Is he left that for? It, he almost did a Benioff and Weiss, right? He left that for another role, and then he didn't get the role. <laughs> so yeah, brutal. But by the way, for those of you who don't know, I don't actually ask Charlie before we do these pods when I'm going to do those random non wrestling questions. I just spring them on him literally after the intro. It's the greatest, <laughs> and thing I don't ever. mind. I don't mind at all. It's a great way to uh, break the ice with y'all if you are like, well, it's a wrestling show, but they're talking about my 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 action figures that i like to slam together but yeah um that being said um let's actually get to the wrestling this week there was some like i said some really good stuff this week some really talented uh superstars got to spotlight themselves a little bit um i think and uh we got some different faces on dynamite this week which is always nice to see you know so because you know it's not always you don't always want to see the same like five people there are like four or five people you probably need to have but besides them you know just fill it up with the rest of whoever you got you know Let's uh, let's get some people some chances here. But Hello, uh what have we here? Exactly. Thank you, Lando. But um yeah, I mean so to transition to transition here. Um exactly. Um we there are a few what is a bit ass to take care of off the top of the stream. We always take care of these first. Um, you know, especially if it's like the first time you guys are listening to this show, there's a couple of things that you should know about in case you want to you know, dive a little bit deeper with us every week. Um, you probably won't see as much wrestling talk for me, but that's just because I don't really post on social media at all anyway. But if you do want to see my lack of posting on social media, you can do so at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E on Twitter. And you can follow Charlie at oh, Charlie with an X instead of an A. You fucking mark! Exactly. And um, <laughs> exactly. thank you, MJF exactly thank you that's Maxwell. exactly uh he's better than you and you know it but anyway um so yeah uh that and you can also follow me on twitch i do stream i i'm kind of like a little bit like all over the place lately with when i've been streaming on what days and so on but uh you can t- catch me at twitch t- twitch.tv slash the duke of derps um and uh yeah and i'll be i i do the i do the live streams i play video games i'm still playing through the mass effect trilogy uh, mostly just because like I I was streaming like it's it's the wildest thing Charlie I was streaming like 13 hours a day for like a week and then I just stopped gaming like for like a couple days I was just like I gotta I gotta chill um, gotta chill that's fair but uh, I'm getting back into it slowly so we'll see we'll see we'll see um, but you know you know also uh, you know uh, follow us at Eat Sleep Elite on Twitter as well that's the main podcast platform 
uh, wait, no, hold on. That's the main pod, the main, the main Twitter for our podcast. Whatever the hell I meant to say. Yeah. There, and, speaking and of podcast been, uh, platforms, oh, go ahead. We've we've been posting, you know, our our awards throughout the week. So if you if you didn't catch our awards show, um, you can be sure to check that out. But we've been posting our awards, and it's been it's been cool to see. Uh, I like seeing people play along. And... Everyone hates my picks. It's it's fine, everyone. <laughs> but it's been it's been fun to see, and we're gonna keep that going throughout the next couple weeks. So. Yeah, one of the things you one of your so like your Moxley selection got some fucking traction. Like, um, yeah, that got some. You know, people were commenting, "Congrats, Mox." You know, and it's uh, like cool. It's cool to see. Yeah, I no everyone hates. Why does everyone hate Dax Harwood anyway? Um, but yeah. So, um, but also, you know, speaking, I did mention I did mention podcast platforms. Speaking of which, you can you know find us on various ones, be that Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify pandora uh, uh, amazon music uh uh probably uh, uh iheart radio uh, not probably that one's definitely uh some other ones as well whatever one you're listening to on right now plus all the other ones i named plus a couple of more because i can never remember all of them because there's so goddamn many but that just shows that our show is getting places so i'm not complaining yeah. hey absolutely um, absolutely so make sure you guys share the show with your wrestling friends by the way if you think that you like our show enough that you want to share it with some people i would not mind uh you know some more people knowing about the show uh because you know get some more people in there but um and uh yeah so make sure you follow us on all the platforms hit follow and or subscribe or whatever the button is on your platform of choice so you get the podcast in your feed every single week so you don't ever miss an episode and make sure you leave us five star frog splash review that being said, though, that being said, though, Charlie, there was some really good wrestling, like I said this week, and I think it's about time we got into that stuff because we always like to start the show do off it, with something a little bit positive. And I do not remember. I believe I had the. I, I actually do yep. remember. I did have the first choice this week, and I went with the cream of the crop, brother, brother, brother. Um, and I went with Ethan Page taking on Brian Danielson. Um, I think it's pretty obvious to anybody that's listened to this show for like more than five minutes that I'm like the biggest mark in the world for Brian Danielson matches. And it's just, it's just the way it's, it's just the way that things are, you know? Um, I can't help that the guy is the best wrestler in the world. I just can't, you know? Um, but what I can help with is explaining to you why. And this is a great example of it actually, because Ethan page, I'm going to be honest with you, Charlie, um, has been kind of he's been in good spot for a little while here but i don't know something about his matches just haven't been hitting for me yep. in the last several matches i don't know what it is he he hasn't had that match yet yes he had a pretty good one who was his last match i want to say that match was pretty solid but yes yeah, starks starks okay i have a match with starks yeah that one was really good of course you know i'm sure ricky had something to do with that but um not that ethan couldn't have done this no i'm just saying like you know i'm sure that that was that didn't hurt but um but yeah so other than that match most of them have been like okay that was fine you know but i wanted more and maybe he saves it for more big matches like this i get that i understand that um but i'm also a big fan of Ethan page so i was like you know um i i gotta be honest with you the one thing i will say i don't know if we needed to have mjf here for this it didn't really add anything, in my opinion. Now, it's good to have MJF on the show. And I don't know if he was advertised. Maybe he was. That's why he's in this. I would have just rather had MJF, like, either standing backstage. Like, I know they've done that a few times already, and that's going to get pretty boring if he's just standing back. Like, why is he standing back there all the time? It's like, you know, Miro in his white rooms. But um, but it also fits his character, so whatever. But, you know, um, but you know, MJF up in, like, the top, the top box in the crowd, whatever you want to call it, like, fine. 
you know, I did like Ethan Page just being like pissed about it. Like, why are you here? What are you doing? You know, but um, but the crowd, Charlie, was super into this match. Um, they were hot for it. Like they knew the AW crowd is smart, but sometimes they're kind of finicky when it comes to like, this is a good match and they're just not giving it the respect it deserves, you know? Um, that was not a problem in this match from no, the first they were eating they were... everything up. Yep. And uh Ethan Page, not necessarily known for that. So that's great. You know what I mean? Like he's got good reactions from the crowd. He's just not that's not a thing that I've seen from him before. So it's good to get him that first taste of like feeling out the crowd like that. And uh I liked Danielson like uh sort of picking him apart a little bit. You know, he got him tied up in that little like sort of I actually really liked this version of it. It was like a modified Romero special. Like normally he just hit the normal Romero special, but he decided, nah. I'm just going to fuck with this one and make it hurt even more. And then he, and he uh, sorry, excuse me. He then wrenched the leg back and hit that Achilles stomp thing. Like, oof, so, stuff. so beautiful. Good stuff. Uh, he then exposed the baldness of Stokely, uh, which <laughs> Charlie, I, I didn't tell you this was going to be it, but there's only one thing you can say when a man gets exposed for being bald. So Stokely, even you're not <laughs> safe from this award. You, you, and it's going to Stoke. No one saw it coming. Let's go Stokely with the damn award. Okay, the Let's Rod go. Simmons award. Let's go. And then uh, we got a little slingshot cutter from Ethan Page, which again, every time he does that, I'm just like, man, what a fucking freak athletically. He's that fucking much meat, and he just fucking flies around. But and then they uh, they hit an avalanche power slam that looked sick. That's just a good move. And uh, then you know a little bit. Of, I believe I don't have it written in my notes. I'm terrible at this. I believe there was a little bit of shenaniganess that uh, ended up in the result of this match. Am I correct? A little bit here, yeah. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. Let me, oh, I'm trying to think, actually. I, no, I, no I, not wanted, too, it was after. Was it after? I thought there was something. I thought maybe some, maybe, I, I guess you could argue that with Stokely being up on the apron at all. It you know what it was? It, the firm did have shenanigans, just wasn't this match. It, it kind of, I no, 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 no. I mean, technically, I mean, I guess, it, again, this goes back to like, so like six months ago, we had this conversation and I, I have a different definition of shenanigans in wrestling. If somebody helps in the match at all, even if they're not like the result, I still yeah. consider that shenanigans because they got involved, but maybe that's just me. Yeah. Like Stokely trying to help him kind of deal. Either way, it wasn't a fully clean victory. And, uh, you know, but like, I, I will say this, um, Brian Danielson, I think, has the potential right now to go on a really good run of matches. But we've had that a couple of different times where he kind of like that or when he faced, you know, against Adam Page. And we had several weeks of good matches from from Danielson in a row. And it did kind of devolve into, okay, it's going to be a good match. Fine. But where are we going with this? You know, I don't feel as um, alarmed yet as I did like two weeks into that, you know, because it just felt like it wasn't going anywhere and it ultimately didn't, you know. But. I don't know. It's tough because there is still part of me that is like, okay, is Danielson really the best first opponent for MJF? Because I almost kind of feel like I'm not saying that Danielson should win this or anything. Like I don't think that should be the story that you tell with him. I think there's other baby faces that could benefit significantly more from being the guy to beat MJF eventually, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, like Ricky, for example. I think if that were to be six years, six years, well, that would be crazy. Six months down the road, if that were to be the story they wanted to tell, they could do that. That being said, though. I'm okay with it because it's going to be a freaking ridiculous match whenever it happens. Um, and so, but I just, I don't want it to devolve into just, ooh, Danielson's cool match of the week because that can get a little boring sometimes. So uh, maybe, maybe a week of just like story and then we don't have to have, and maybe you can get a little bit of um, 
in like instead of wrestling you could just have them like brawl a little bit i you know maybe with uh the firm or something i don't know that'd be interesting like uh, yeah, like next week they teed something up on Rampage, so we just got a kind of a quick one-off with Nice, and it's, you know, they're getting him the hometown match, and just in case we don't talk about this again, you know, I was kind of hoping that'd be the Josh Woods match for Danielson, but, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, yeah. Nah, uh, nah. We need the Angelico versus Danielson match. I would love that. Everything you said here, I'm I'm with you. I think the crowd kicked ass. They made Ethan, like, this was Ethan Page's best match in AEW to date. And he's already someone that everyone wants to like, whether it's just personally or you're getting behind him as the wrestling character because he's an awesome guy. And this was a, this was a fantastic fucking start. Um, I like when, you know, we don't have to every week kick us off in the ring like this, but it feels good when, you know, last week we started off with the promo segment. and But this week we kick it off, just get right to the wrestling. No, no funny business. We're just going wrestling. And it's another, it's another match for Danielson, right? How many times does this guy go out here and just fucking kick ass? Uh, the Ron Simmons literally war. every single time. You can't find a singular match. I, I, no. I, I, if somebody can see it, and you're not gonna find it, find a match and say he came to AEW that was not at least good. They all have their spots and they're all enjoyable. And there's just this list of growing guys that, you know, Danielson. Claudio, Moxley, Omega, you name it. Since they're just wrestling every week, it's just it, it adds so much to the show. And yes, fantastic opener. You pretty much covered everything. All right, let's jump into my favorite, right? Because that's that's what we do here. We go favorite to favorite. This is a really hard one. I actually was like batting around in my head. I didn't know what to pick here because there's so many fucking really nice matches. But let's do this. We're gonna go the All Atlantic Championship. The title reign continues, and it continues in, in a different fashion than I expected it to. But now we're setting up his next match, which is the Kip Sabian match. There's more stakes now. It, it, so you you mentioned it earlier. You know they're adding more and more to this match, and now we're actually getting the match. We we've built this story up probably like a good six to seven weeks. It's it's a fully fleshed out story. It's been really fun along the ride, and now we got Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta. And it started off with a long handshake, right? You know, feeling each other out. We're like, all right, it's going to be a fun little match. And then at some point when they're kind of going to the outside, it shifts gears. He just pissed Trent off. Trent doesn't Trent doesn't do this funny business. He didn't he didn't like Wheeler Yuta, and he wasn't afraid to show it. So it, it always goes back to this. Remember when we were Wheeler Yuta's best friends and like Trent doesn't fuck around like that. He is no, nah, he said miss me with that shit. So you you have this angle going. They're just putting on a really good match, counter after counter. Um, one of the stories that commentary was playing up was, are they going to let him hit the orange punch on Trent? Is this going to be something they do? Are they gonna are they gonna go that route? Um, Trent, by the way, hit two uh, tombstones. One of which was a spinning tombstone for a near fall that was just fucking incredible. Oh, yeah. And then grabbing a T Harris and then flipping the, the you know the counter everyone in their heads like wasn't the tombstone a move that would perfectly go well, yeah actually it would perfectly counter it Trent's like yeah no I'm you're getting tombstoned yeah yeah so Kip Sabian he's on commentary by the way fantastic on commentary he is playing more mind games because he wants to get in Orange Cassidy's head break him apart make him lose all his friends this and that oh there was a funny little moment on the side when 
Danhausen just started kicking Orange Cassidy. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> and Chuck was like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> that was pretty good. But um, Penelope hits the ring. She's kind of like looking up and down at Trent. And even after after Orange Cassidy wins, which uh, he wins with the Orange Bunch, so he did hit it. He, he wasn't going to pull back. He used it on his friend. Trent Bretta left the ring. He was pissed off. Um, Penelope stole Cassidy's elbow pad. And Garrett, the best friends are kind of in shambles right now. They're, it, that's going to be an uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortable room. They just need to put the camera in that room and just see who talks first. <laughs> Literally. It's <laughs> not going to be Cassidy. Yeah, but Orange Cassidy's title reign, man. I mean, I feel like we put this over every week, but it's worth it. Because if this, this is your first show with us. Holy shit, this title reign has been insane, man. I, I, I don't think anyone should be surprised that Orange Cassidy takes a championship that Pac did good stuff for, but it, it was kind yeah. of just a nothing championship for a long time, you know? It was like, oh, Pac, you know, if you want to have a good match with Pac, you know, go for the championship. We could throw that it's on It's a any, championship you know? that no one thought they needed, so you're yeah. already playing from behind. And now I feel like it's one of the coolest titles in the company because Orange Cassidy has made me like, really care because, like, I actually feel like I'm – I actually feel like Orange Cassidy is, like, genuinely shown – like, I said a while back because I'd heard somebody else say it, that he's genuinely one of the best professional wrestlers in the world. Um, not just in, like, ability to wrestle and – The guy just knows ability to work a crowd. But he's just clearly like, yeah, you just said knows wrestling and knows that that sort of part of it. Um, and so if you put that guy in a situation where he's got a championship, it's going to work. I, I, you know, who would have guessed? I, I remember even saying back when he was about to win the title, I was like, I don't know if I put it on him right away. I think let him cook a little bit more. He cooked and with he's the title. Cooking. And, yep. Whew, man, has it been beautiful to watch? So, yeah, no disagreement here. Yeah, very good stuff. So. That being done and out of the way, so we got a little bit of news here, and then we're going to jump into uh, the results for the rest of the show, uh, Elevation, Dark, Dynamite, and Rampage. Then we'll kind of preview next week, because we got a we got a hefty week next week, and it's the first new Dynamite. You know, what's, is there going to be a new set, this and that? So we'll be talking about that, but here we go. Not too much news, and let's start us off with Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee is someone who has been in AW recently. We thought, you know, he might have been in the group with uh, Vance, Andrade, and Roosh. But Dralistico was recently here, and we didn't hear a word of Dragon Lee since they ripped off his mask and beat him. Well, Dragon Lee uh, just won the AAA Tag Team Championships off of FTR. And in the ring afterwards... He announced he's signed to WWE. He's uh, specifically NXT. So Dragon Lee has inked a three-year contract with WWE NXT. And in terms of the financial terms, they are, quote, above the standard NXT level money. So the rumor right now is that now that Mandy Rose is gone, Dragon Lee is going to be paid the most in NXT. So clearly they're seeing him in highlight. This doesn't really shock me too much because we knew Triple H. Now that Triple H is back and playing ball, he's also going to want to get some guys like this. He doesn't want to just bring home people that, you know, Vince let go during the pandemic. He wants to bring new people in. This is a total NXT signing. When we were, like, really covering NXT in 2016, 2017, you name it, Dragon Lee's the kind of guy we would have seen all day. 
It's interesting now, though. Um, he is a current tag team champion in AAA, right? And I believe, I'm double checking now, I believe it's with someone in AEW. Yes, it's with Jalistico. So, I I don't know. I can tell you what that could mean. It could mean two things. And I'm going to give you the speculation one second. So, it could mean he's just going to drop the title in a few weeks. You know what I mean? That could be what it is. That, that's the simplest explanation, that he's going to drop the title. And then not long after that, whenever his deal with AAA is up, he'll go sign with NXT. Yeah. And that would be fine. Oh, they vacated the title. So Never here's mind. my theory. Yep, here's my okay. th- oh, they already vacated the championship. They've already okay, well, vacated the title. Okay, so, so th- this kind of destroys my theory then. Because my theory was going to be this. Because they also just had FTR drop the titles as well as Ty, uh, Ty and, and Sammy. So I was thinking in my head, I was like, AEW has had some issues with AAA and CMLL having issues with each other in the past. So could this be AAA moving their way over to being a WWE friend? But I don't think that necessarily is ruled out by this. But I think... It's yeah. definitely less likely because you'd think they would just keep the title on the guy, but then they wouldn't want to keep it on the AEW guy. Mm, weird, well, there was at situation. least a split moment when an NXT and an AEW guy were, uh, were champions together. But okay, at least it's good well, to actually, know. Actually, I don't officially think Drillistico is under contract, is he? I don't think he is either, but so, technically, all signs yeah. are leading that he is probably the one that's going to fill that spot of Andrade Oh yeah, I think now. especially now that Dragon Lee's gone. The and other Dragon brother Lee's just gone. makes a lot of sense, you know what I mean? So... But, I mean, There's other people that are running with stories on WWE's, you know, past. If Drillistico Drillistico is really, if we're being real though, and I don't, I don't want to. I hope you know maybe Drillistico hears this and makes a decision. I, I seriously doubt that's the kind of way that people make decisions. But like you know, influences them. But I don't want to influence them if this end up, ends up being the case. But even with AEW having been where Drillistico has already been, with the precedent of Dragon Lee, it wouldn't be that absurd for him to also want to go, and then they could be tag team champions in NXT. You know, like I, yeah, yeah, wouldn't I be that hard Dragon of a decision Lee. for Triple H to be like, oh, you guys were just the Triple A tag team champions. <laughs> well, sure, you they'll can do be the lying. they'll do the thing. Dragon Lee will get there for a year. He'll he'll learn the cameras, learn this and that, and then he'll be up on the main roster because you know what? He just he's a fucking star. So good on him, good for him. We'll always support people. We'll always support the good brothers getting paid. Facts. Speaking of getting paid, Sting. I can't wait to talk about what happened on Rampage with Sting, but Sting has plotted his career endgame. Um, he recently spoke with the Ringer, and he's kind of laying out the facts. Like he's he knows where his endgame is. Darby Allen will be a part of it. I if Darby Allen's the one that retires Sting, you know, quote unquote, in the ring, I could totally see that. Because why not? Especially where Darby Allen's at in his career. Um. He said, I'll just read one of the quotes, and it's about Darby. Well, I know Darby is going to be part of it for sure. I won't have a singles match at this point. Darby will be along with me, and I'll be along with him, and we can add more to it as far as I'm concerned. But I have a few people in mind, and I don't really want to say now. Again, I think that's smoke and mirrors. I'm imagining if Sting already... What better way to go out, right? But if it isn't, and it's a tag, you know, I'm sure they'll figure that out too. The maybe he'll do it with Jeff Jarrett, right? I could genuinely, well, I mean that that's a possibility, but I could genuinely see that being the real truth too. Like, cause like if, I if, could too, yeah, because he has been taking some pretty crazy bumps over the last several months. So if he was gonna have a singles match, he might have needed to have it somewhere in there, you know. And he just no one knew at the time because he was taking the bumps pretty well. It could have just been like it's been a while since we've seen him take one. It could have been the last one. You know what I mean? Like it was like okay, can't like, do this for anymore. for being sixty three years old. 
I've never seen a wrestler constantly perform this high of level. It's kind of insane, but it is in these tag matches, and he is protected. And you it's know, almost what? like just... he's gone past the point where he doesn't care if he were to like get a yeah. career-ending injury where he couldn't take another bump like this. Like, well, yeah, that's how I'm supposed to go out, you know. And like... that's how he already thought that happened against you know Seth. So, hey, it's it's one of those things. Good on Sting. He knows how to value his career, and I'm sure he's having fun. And we'll get we'll not, This is not the last time we're talking yeah, about Sting. We'll, we'll Hold your tongue, because uh, or uh, however that saying goes. No, that's right. That's correct. You guys, we're going to be diving into that on Rampage, but. Okay, two more little things here. Some stardom stuff, right? Stardom just had their uh, their big show. It was the... It's a big show! Stardom Dream Queendom 2. And some little follow-ups from our award show. Julia is now the Stardom World Champion. She defeated Siri, And yeah, so Julia... She's been climbing those ranks and we've been, we've been keeping notes, so... And then two more people debuted here. So there's a new... A new faction, it sounds like, and it's called Club Venus. So Zaya Brookside, she was recently in NXT UK. She's now back to stardom, and she's also brought along Mariah May, who's an independent wrestler. That she's got the look. She's got. She seems to find her way on social media. Like she's always popping up here and there. So what's she gonna do? She's gonna go wrestle in stardom and become an even better wrestler. Again, yeah, you and I, you and I will always say it on this show. Anyone who wants to improve their craft, go to Japan because. How many times have we seen it where people go to Japan and they just become, you know, something special? I, I said it for so long. I thought if Chad Gable went to Japan back when we were talking in like 2016, he was still good enough to make it work to where he is now. But you get the idea. Mojo Raleigh. I know Meltzer always said that one. So there's people out there you can point to that. Hey, when in I doubt, got, I got the biggest glaring go one in the world who needs to do it and it would sharpen her so much. Okay, okay, let's Sky hear Sky fucking blue. Come on, dude. Sky, I would love sky blue in Japan. That's a perfect example. And then, you know what? We have some time. We didn't really have any news. Um, Real quick. Actually, we're just gonna also, do Willow live. in Japan would also get super over, I feel like. She would be. Real quick. Uh, so we've kind of, throughout the year, we've been talking a little bit of movies and TV. Um, Something I wanted to do real quick was I just wanted to share... Kind of my top 10 movies of the year. I'll, I'll do a little quick. It'll be brief. But I feel like it's it's worth it. Because we've been talking about them. And we got time today. So real quick. One honorable mention. It was a movie I really loved. It was Elvis. Uh, again, really loved Elvis. And hey, unfortunately, it doesn't crack the top 10 for me. So number 10, the Timothy Chalamet, Bones and All. Very fun. Number 9. I had Black Panther, Wakanda Forever was my was my favorite comic book movie this year. I know a lot of people are going to say the Batman was. However, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, I just I actually really loved it. That should be on Disney Plus like any day now. Number eight, the new Netflix, the new Ryan Johnson movie, Glass Onion. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, these Knives Out movies, Ryan Johnson has been doing. He's two for two in my opinion. Number seven, we had Top Gun Maverick. I did not think I would like that movie. It's one of my top ten of the year. Number six, The Black Phone. That's the new Ethan Hawke movie. That movie's creepy and also fucking kicks ass. There's a little bit of a mystery in there, too. Number five, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. That's the Pedro Pascal Nick Cage movie. Fucking Nick Cage, bro. Are you kidding me? Hello, what have we here? Number four. You guys are going to notice a trend here. 
barbarian. Uh, I like my weird, creepy horror shit in that. Check that box. Number three, Pearl. If we're talking about just like an acting showcase, Mia Goth, she's just, she's fucking incredible. Number two, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think that's the movie that surprised me the most this year is that one. It's just a weird A24 movie. And then number one, it's the movie X. It's it's the, I guess, sequel to Pearl? But it was before Pearl? I don't know. It's weird. They came out both this year. They shot them back to back. And if you guys can't tell, I like horror movies. I like weird shit. I mean, bones and all. If you guys just want to watch a movie and you have no idea what it is, and you just want to be weirded out, bones and all, bro, is the way. So I haven't seen yeah. a single movie on that list. Hey, you know what? And that's what's fair. That's that's fun because now if, if you ever want to check any of them out, there's always the fun stuff, right, my brother? I just um, don't take the time to watch movies or TV really anymore. With the exception of like some TV shows that I just like. When I start hearing about them, I'm like, okay, I'll check that out. But like, I haven't watched anything this year. I've been I've been starved for content. It feels like starved for content. And you know, I just I remember we were talking about Andor, and it's like. I think next year on the show, and so this is something we've brought about before, when we're doing our new segment, we, we've thought before about, you know, what if weekly we kind of cover some of this stuff? Because, like, we got The Mandalorian coming out. and Yeah, in March. You guys know, we, we play our little Mandalorian clips in here. Of course, I don't have it because they reset today. But it's a show like that, we're going to have to kind of talk about it weekly because that's this is our fucking, this is our outlet to do it. It's our goddamn show. That being said, I just want to get that out of there. It's the end of the year. You know what? Fuck it. We got some time, right? That being said, Garrett, AW Dark, Elevation, take it away. We got some more meat grinder going on, huh? A little bit of Dark Elevation episode number 95. I'm still waiting on that Emmy Sakura, uh, Emmy Sakura on a pole match announcement. We got five episodes to go. Make it happen, Tony. All right. Speaking of beautiful women, though, we had Leva Bates and Charisma taking on Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. With Vicky Guerrero nowhere to be seen? Question mark. Uh, okay. We had just Paul White for this match because the commentary must have broken or something because we didn't get any uh, didn't get any dulcet <laughs> tones of uh, of Matt Menard in this match. A little bit of big squisher action in the corner. Not much going on here. And uh, Leva Bates had, I think, the least urgent breakup of a pin attempt I think I've ever seen. Uh, <clears throat> then uh, Marina tied her up. Uh, well, it wasn't her. I think it was Charisma in knots, and then that was the win. And we continued with the women for a little bit here because we stuck with them. We had Julia Hart of the House of Black with Brody King squashing somebody really quickly. She had some cool looking gear. She locked in the Heartless Lock and got the dub. Oh yeah, we had the vicious vixen, the vicious vixens backstage, which is apparently the name of that faction, which I I never knew that. Um. And that would be the Nyla Marina Vicky thing. Um, and yeah, interesting a, name. Yeah, and there's a a little bit of tension building in that team. It seems uh, Vicky was a little a little rude to them. I, I didn't. I wasn't a fan. And as we stick with the women even further here, we had the Bunny with Penelope Ford taking on Madison Rain. We had some shenanigans from Penelope. Um, there was a close roll up for Madison Rain, then got sent down the excuse me down the rabbit hole. I thought it was a little weird that Sky Blue wasn't with madison rain because they've been you know kind of attached at the hip recently and then she made the save which i was like oh okay so they were just setting that up that felt a little weird is that setting up a tag match uh who knows then we had 
actually weirdly one of my favorite segments of the week. I don't know why I liked this. I just did. It hit me correctly. We had the Boxing Day celebration for Zay, Ethan, and Matt Hardy backstage. And uh, we had a little character development. Ethan Page is now calling Isaiah Cassidy as by the name he wants, which is Zay. Which I mean, I hope that's canon now. I hope he goes by Zay. That's pretty cool. Zay. Um, and we had a little bit more of a tease. Matt is just so close to being broken here. So I, I've been following that for a little yeah. while. I figure it's only fair that I keep up with it now. <laughs> Isaiah Cassidy also on uh, BTE has this hilarious segment going with Daniel Garcia where they break down the Young Bucks death triangle matches like they're uh, NBA commentators. It's okay, I got to check out. How, how long it, has that been going on for? I, I think two weeks. It okay, is. I got to go back. Or this might weeks. be the first week. Uh, if not, my if, brain's foggy. Either way, either way, I'm going to check that out. because It is. Awesome. Those guys are fucking hilarious together. <laughs> Speaking of awesome things, we had Kanosuke Takeshita taking on, you guessed it, Frankie Kazarian. Uh, we had a big pop spree that's on that's just gone out of control. The crowd loves fucking Kanosuke. Um, question, Charlie: How long? How long before we get Kanosuke with a championship? Twenty twenty three. It's happening. All right. Is it is it the All Atlantic off of of Kip or somebody like that that takes it off Cassidy or something? Like, I think it's going to be an ROH title. Okay, I can see that. I can see Does that. Does that count? Is that a cheap answer? Uh, it, it is kind of a cheap answer, but I will give it to you. So I said if gold. Not, if I not, said I'm gold. Say I didn't, I didn't specify like I did in my notes in AEW. I just said gold. So that's fair. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Hit it to catch the line. A couple of nice chops. We had a second rope, Blue Thunderbomb, which is a nice little spot. And a uh, good old German suplex for the win, buddy. You know, as you said, you know, he did a whole lot of a report on that. And uh, we had no Don Callis in this one, which I thought was interesting. Commentary made sure to mention that too, so that I think that lets us know they're not dropping it. Maybe he just wasn't there. Yeah, like I, I'm, I whatever. They should have made some kind of something up, but they didn't have the time, I guess. So anyway, but then we went on to a match between Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale taking on Vert Vixen and Manny Rankowski. Uh, the reason why I took the jobber names down a little bit this week is because some of them had been. If they have like a history in AEW, I don't consider that nothing, you know. So. Both you never know had, when they're going to be signed full time. Yeah, both of these women had done some stuff before. Obviously, Vert Vixen. Excuse me. Obviously, Vert Vixen got a couple of title shots last week. So, Vert Vixen has been featured a lot recently. All right, Charlie. I actually had to grab a pineapple really quick. Yeah, and no problem. And you know, that's just one of those things where each week on Dark Elevation, we're getting in Dark, we're getting these developing storylines, like bringing someone in like a Vert Vixen, or our favorite one that has been. It's, it's taken over, and that's that's Athena, you know. So our main event, we had Athena and Kiera Hogan. And I got to tell you, man, I, I really thought this match fucking delivered. I – God, they're doing so good, right? There, there actually was a match after. That's my bad. You know what? It should have been the main event. Fuck it. It should have been the main event. But um, Kiera Hogan, again, I think another good week for her. So we're we're adding some depth to our women's division, and whenever you get tossed in the meat grinder, it's always a good thing for the clicks, right? Speaking of Dragon Lee and Jalistico earlier, Jalistico uh, main evented against Blake Christian, and this is kind of what adds to my theory of if he's not technically all elite yet, I think he's going to be. And I, don't get me wrong, he could still be used for Ring of Honor. That's totally fair, but. Blake Christian, it's always nice seeing him show up, especially in front of the live crowd. But uh, yeah, Jaleesa uh, okay. with a big dub, and 
yeah, um, Dark Dark Elevation, man. It. Uh, real quick, I wanted your thoughts on. Do you think Jalistico showing up here is? Oh yeah, we had all know, heart versus all botch. Yeah, <laughs> god damn it. But do you think uh, is this a sign? I mean, he was just out there with Jose, so I was kind of saying if he's not all elite yet. I mean, it's, to be it's stuff like this that show points me towards that line. I mean, of, no, because we had the same exact thing with Dragon Lee for a couple weeks, where he was backstage with them. So no, that's fair. But he didn't get the singles match like this. I, I think he's already in the faction. I'm gonna be straight up. I don't I think he's know. already in. Until they tell me, I don't know. So, but That's Athena. Uh, let me see. What did I did I get? A, did I get a line in here? Nope. Just meat grinder continues. Um. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't write anything down. Wow. <laughs> the meat grinder continues. Yeah. Athena. Really good stuff. Um. Good week for you, Kira Hogan. So. All right. Let's crack into dark here and dark we're back at universal yeah episode 176 damn 176 and helico with the sap champ uh we're always down with that he defeated dante casanova and you know the groups the group celebrating afterwards having a good time the navarro death roll picked up the victory newly engaged lexi nares talking to brock and Arn anderson brock cut a promo essentially saying cody rhodes and the nightmare family left him hanging in the corner you know hanging with the bag in the corner the dog is fired up and ready to come out of the corner for your ass. <laughs> Something like that. Arn then shared some words and said it's his time to dump out the rest of the nest. So I assume he's not out there with him tonight. Yeah. I mean, Arn Anderson, you know, let, letting the baby leave the nest, right? Okay. The workhorsemen defeated the Hughes brothers. Terrell and Terrence Hughes. They are the twin sons of Devon Dudley. And they've had several matches on Dark over the past years, but they look good, man. And... I was very excited about this. J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry, that's a combo that we, you know, we, we've, God, I, I'm glad they've kind of shifted towards more towards the workhorsemen from what J.D. Drake was doing. Because the workhorsemen just kind of, you know, it seems a little more. Uh, the workhorsemen <clears throat> isn't nearly as much of a dead end. It doesn't feel like, it feels like they, yeah. you could see potential in that team. Whereas like, you know, the, the other team, the, what the hell are they called? I, the wingman, yeah, 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 yeah. They just they're on TV like for a week or two when they're needed, and then so I right, see you later. Matt Menard, he's gonna face Brock Anderson later. Did a promo with Nair, pretty much saying the JS will not be on his side, and Anderson also being solo makes his nipples hard. <laughs> okay, God damn it, he's back. Fuego del Sol came out with a mic. He delivered this little promo, pretty much to have them chant Fuego all match long. Excalibur said he tries to remain impartial. He hopes Ali beats the brakes off of FDS. Fuego del Sol. Uh, Fuego is rolling, and, you know, I, I still think there's something planned for Fuego. I will say I was a pissed because I have for weeks on this show been calling it a, a Fuego del promo and not a promo del Sol. And Excalibur, you do better research than this. What the hell? <laughs> nice, nice. Matt Menard defeated Brock Anderson. Um, yeah, Taz and Excalibur were uh, having some fun here. <laughs> they were pushing the dark versus uh, dark elevation announcer rivalry. <laughs> Good stuff. But yeah, man, Menard, you know, he's getting his reps in. Brock Anderson, he they they left a stat for us that he he's only had forty one matches. So. That's cool to follow. We're going to keep that in the back of the head here. 41 matches in his entire career. So Brock Anderson's still learning. These reps are good for him. 
And again, I, I still think, I think he looked like he belonged when he did the FDR stuff on dark straight up. I, I, so I'm still holding on some hope to him. Evil Uno defeated Blake Lee. And then, um, yeah, outside of the two August Gamescon matches in Germany, this was Uno's first singles match in AEW since February. So, this was a quick little match. He won after hitting the something evil. He almost literally won a year without a match on AEW. That's nuts. Yeah. So, Red Velvet took on a defeated Billy Starks. Welcome to uh, AEW Starks. Uh, she was back in... This was her first singles outing since June for Red Velvet. And, yeah, Starks, she's 18 years old. She's been getting a lot of indie work. And... This is this is cool because I, I see her constantly on social media, so people are always talking about how good she is. And I mean, she's only eighteen, so to see her already at this level, it lets you know, man, got a long career coming. So yeah, this is a fairly short match, but I love seeing Red Velvet back. I think they got some big plans for Red Velvet following, and following what we had on Rampage, I think those plans are uh, coming to fruition. The Iron Savages defeated Brandon Bullock and Jameson Ryan. Okay. Meh. Yep. Ah. Uh, Perry uh, Country. The, the best part about this was Taz making up some story about their fucking, their announcer. Who? Diamante defeated Mafiosa. Yep. Diamante. So this is what I put in my notes. <clears throat> so until I see otherwise, she's being built up to lose to somebody on a television match. Oh, I think I figured out who it is. Probably to Paige. Uh, I can see that. I can see that. Or Paige Van Zandt. Hey, yo. Or Soraya. Hello. <laughs> Our main event. Just goes full heel. Just starts never calling her by the right name. <laughs> AR Fox took on a defeated Slim J with Sunny Kiss and GFK there. Um, Excalibur openly questioned whether Ari Davari was really that rich since he was in the the Battle Royal. Duara wasn't out here tonight, so yeah, I don't know if we don't know what's going on with that. Is he already classic done with rich that? guy? The rich get richer, <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, Fox ended up winning with a four fifty splash. Um, funny little story: these guys wrestled in two thousand nine and twenty seventeen. And Slim J won both times, so he didn't win tonight. Air Fox picking up the dub. It's so crazy to see like. They wrestled in 09. Did they think in 09, fucking 13 years later, they'd be wrestling on a on a different major wrestling company? I was say, they didn't, AEW didn't exist back then, it's so like, they were probably like, oh, it'd be crazy if we wrestled in WWE one day. It's like, it's so cool, man. But yeah. Alrighty. We got Dynamite and Rampage left. Rampage, baby! <laughs> so Dynamite kicked off with our match that we've already covered. Video packed about the main event tonight. Samoa Joe and Wardlow is shown. We go backstage with Renee asking Wardlow about Joe's powerful words. And Wardlow said tonight is about powerful action. Joe charged in with a steel pipe. He took out the leg of Wardlow. Just beating the crap out of the leg. Give me your leg. So. Strip for parts. <laughs> Essentially, yes. What'd you do with the neighbor's dog? Stripped it for parts. Ah! Renee Paquette is backstage with the doctor. Dark Order and Hangman Page. Doctor said they're potentially two weeks away from Page being cleared, but he'll risk that if he continues to get in fights with Moxley. 
Bro, I actually, do, I gotta say, I did like a like beginning part of the segment where Hangman was like, of course you'd want to know, because she's like with Mox. Ah, ah. Little things, little things. Yep. Okay. Moxley and ROH world champion Claudio Casanoli defeated Top Flight. And I thought this was another really good match, and the crowd remained hot after that opener. Top Flight got a lot more offense in this one. And I think that's a something to watch going forward. They they held their own. They looked really good. I thought Moxley and Claudio as a tag was really fun. But this is uh, continuing off of our Darius and, uh, you know, it was Darius and Moxley last week, right? So we're continuing off that. We're letting him roll in a tag. And I, I thought it delivered. I thought it, it captured exactly what we needed to. Top Flight didn't need to win. But their Top Flight is ending the year looking like how do I put this? They're looking. They're they're in a spot where you feel confident about them in 2023. And I would okay, not. I'll give be you. Shocked. I'll give you the direct comp. It feels exactly like when Dante was a singles wrestler at the beginning of last year. That's what it feels like. Yeah, it, it does. So potential, but we don't know where. Which kind of sucks because I was hoping that Dante proving himself on the single side would have maybe just put them in that opportunity already. But you know, injuries happen. So yeah, exactly. Really good stuff and. You know, if we're going to make a one-on-one comparison, you know, where would you rather be as a tag team? It's not fair because Mark Quinn's hurt, but Top Flight, were they being featured and were Private Parties being featured? Another team that has all the talent in the world to, you know, win all the gold, you name it. You'd much rather be in Top Flight's position going into 2023 than uh, Private Party, you know? I'm a Mark so, for the Hardys, so I might disagree, but... But, yeah, um, any other... Uh, any other... Thoughts you had from that match before we move on here? I'm so glad you came to me with that because I did have one thing I did want to say because there was good stuff in the match, blah, blah, blah. I could go through all that. The chops, the uppercuts, the Dante getting ping-ponged was really funny, you know? He was getting ping-ponged between uppercuts. Anyway, um, that was fun. Oh, the leapfrog over the swing. That was a, I actually should note that besides what I was going to say, but uh, I just, this was my funny, funny part of the match. Uh, Mox uh, used his beard as a weapon, which I thought was funny. Um, it's an attack beard, which is what I wrote in my notes. So, sounds good. Sounds good. So, yeah, I I, I stopped the show for that. <laughs> I like it. Um, so we had uh, Renee Paquette. She was backstage with Kip, Penelope, Orange Cassidy, and the best friends, and that's kind of how they set up the uh, Orange Cassidy and Trent match. So a little shenanigans to play with a match on Friday. FTW champion Hook, he uh, his music hits. He walks down to the ring. The crowd is still hot for Hook, and he beat the shit out of Balaam Lynx. It was quick and easy. But post match, while the crowd ate this shit up, um, Stokely Hathaway, Lee Moriarty, and Big Bill came to the ring to trash talk Hook. Compared him to Southwest Air. <laughs> uh, God, you know that Stokely thing. Stokely, I can already tell, has made such an impact on this fucking locker room. That meat riding without a dick riding without a license. I mean, dude, uh, what a fucking great quote. That was one of those things Cassidy and Dano Garcia kept referencing. Dick riding without a license. Now, you don't want to do that. I wrote, uh, I wrote it in my notes as uh, <clears throat> well, also, actually, I he chucked that man on his head, that jobber. He died. <laughs> but anyway, um, but then I also wrote it in my notes as Stokely Lee and Large William. Large William. 
Jack Perry made the save, took out Moriarty. Big Bill had a face-off with Hook, and wow, the crowd ate that up. They want that match. And you know what? I'm down. Yeah, After I, a brief dude, that, scrap, that genuinely could be a really good match, like for either guy, for both guys, honestly. And, and this is, and we, so far, I feel like the, the most legit match they've given Hook has been against Lee, and it was it was fine. It was good. Let's move on to Big Bill. Let's see him work the giant. Um, they had the brief scrap. Bill nearly hit a choke slam, but Perry cracked him in the back with a two by four. The firm retreated. Either way, Jungle Jack Perry in, in Hook against Moriarty and Big Bill. That's a fun match. And I also kind of love match. this characterization for Hook because it means Hook's not fucking invincible, which is kind of how it felt for a long time. Even against big dudes, he was just invincible, you know, and that didn't yeah. feel correct to me. You know, like when he did the stuff to Boulder, I was like, this doesn't feel right. It feels like it should still be realistic. I like the idea that guys like him, like Satnam, other guys of that size, you know what I mean? Wardlow probably could give Hook a run for his money. But when he's in his own weight class or a weight class slightly similar to his, he's going to destroy you. That's great because you can play with that in a lot of different ways, you know? And and it's so good to see the crowd react to Big Bill the way they are. He deserves it, man. He is seriously one of the best big men we've had in the past 10 years. I think his redemption arc could be one of the best in wrestling where he went from being hated because he was this weird guy that have, was really difficult to work with for a long time. And then he went through like a fucking situation where he had to get over that shit before he could become a good wrestler. We had the whole backstage thing that got him fired. I mean, it's like, and now... You know, yeah, yeah, that the personal stuff go on and it's it like you said, it is a redemption arc. And I'm I'm along for the ride. Nothing better than a good redemption arc, right? Ask Jamie Lannister. Oh wait. <sighs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Video package of Chris Jericho's past few weeks has shown, including his loss to action Andretti and face off with Ricky Stocks. House Stock. Lord Stocks. Jericho cut a brief promo about schooling Starks next week in Seattle. Mentions blinding Andretti with a fireball. Fireball, you son of a bitch! And to stay out of AEW, Jericho will put an end to the stock's reign. He will be the last only one thing that can extinguish the man who uses fire as a weapon. The Night King is coming. (laughs) Why do you think I came all this way? All right, Renee Paquette is backstage with Swerve Strickland and the two henchmen, calling his actions against Keith Lee disgusting. Swerve said, they already know Parker Boudreau, but they'll find out who the other tatted mana is in due time. Willie Uta interrupted and said his opinion of him couldn't get any lower and challenged him to a match on Rampage. Um, we're learning more about this tatted up man. It sounds like he's been wrestling for the past six months. He's a former baseball player of about 10 years. Um, and automatically, in our eyes, that's that's a fucking dub. We're already down with that. We like a good brother that can play the ball. But, um, yeah, so that's – we're learning more about this. Yeah, we like, we like a good brother that can slap some balls into some bats. <laughs> yes. All right. Match six, the elite with Brandon Cutler and Nakazawa. Excuse me. Defeated the AW, AW Trios champions Death Triangle in a false count anywhere match. Garrett, take the lead on this. Uh, what do you think of this match? Yeah, um, you Best mentioned like the, we 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 mentioned to each other like the whole starting backstage thing. I I'll be honest, I I I I I do want to see that more. In this instance, I thought yes. eh, a little predictable, you know. But that's fair. Um, 
but you Agreed. know that's something i want to see more in wrestling but to be true. honest with you with these two teams also the two of the best entrances in the company i mean like are you really gonna rob the fans of both of those i mean all right but you know sure but i mean all right that's you know they both have so much to their entrance i just that's i guess it saves you some money but i mean like come on but um the dogs are going wild but speaking of shit going wild there were some pretty crazy table spots throughout this match um you know ray phoenix also has no fear which i think uh you know i guess his brother's nickname is no fear so you know that makes sense um <laughs> if he showed fear that would be a little weird it would be a little bit inconsistent family genealogy there but um but that being said he dove off of the set which was pretty wild um you know we haven't seen we've seen that a few times but, but you know when Ray Phoenix, he just does it better just, he does um we had a northern lights uh oh this oh my god this spot from i think it was for, is it from matter from nick I, I don't remember but the northern lights like down the ramp that was pretty insane uh if it was matt okay that was matt matt jackson northern lightsing i forget who it was down the ramp and maybe it was uh penta it doesn't really matter the point is they did northern lights literally down the entire entrance ramp which that's <laughs> fucking hell of a way to get down to the ring uh yeah. <laughs> i wrote it in my notes as kenny do- does kenny things you can interpret that how you like but uh Everyone in their head just made a, a note like, oh, yeah, I know what that means. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, Phoenix hit, I think, the hardest tope I've ever seen because he almost completely overshot. <laughs> I mean, he literally, and he knocked somebody on their ass. I've never seen someone actually get knocked down by a tope like that. That's unless they just didn't hit correctly, which maybe they didn't. But um, the Bucks, oh, the Bucks, Charlie, I don't know if this was supposed to be a reference to Brolo, but they threw some chairs around. <laughs> Um, <laughs> part of me thinks it was i don't know man uh, but at the same time it is wrestling so that's it also is a spot so it's like uh i'll, I'll leave it there i, I it, worth acknowledging at least and then yeah now if they throw the chairs and nick jackson you know acts like he got knocked out like that original story yes. that broke yeah 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 then we know <laughs> <laughs> um so we have a ladder match coming in two weeks um how can they possibly escalate this further, Charlie? They can go out there and have the best match of the year of 2023 in the second week of 2023. Now, here's the thing. How can they how can they escalate it, right? I, I don't even know. I think they're just going to give them... What's kind of nice is... This is a good time to bring it up, too. We've already gotten three matches booked for that show, so AEW is doing a good job booking ahead. It's something we praised a lot in the early stages of 2022, but they kind of stopped doing it towards the latter stages. Um, other than like tournament matches. It had matches. to do with injuries, I'm sure. Because yeah. like you can't plan. I mean, if you don't have the people to plan stuff out for four but now, months on the road. Exactly. You know? And now we, you know, our roster's getting pretty full. I mean, there's a couple exceptions. You know, you're Adam Coles. And, but our roster's getting filled back up. And it's nice to see who the hell is going to win this thing. I mean, you can sell me. You can sell me the story the of fans. Coles, the fans are going to win, yes. But this has been fantastic. The only reason it's not happening next week is be, our final next week is because um, the following uh, that week is uh, Wrestle Kingdom, where Kenny's going to wrestle uh, Will Ospreay. So, yeah, we got a lot of good wrestling coming up. And uh, let us know, guys, if you want us to cover any of uh, Wrestle Kingdom. We're always open to it. And it, there is a lot of... I mean, there's our tag team of the year, your wrestler of the year, and Kenny Omega wrestling in it. So, a lot of AEW talents wrestling in it. 
I have no idea who's going to win this match. But all I know is, you said it best, the fans win. So, The Acclaimed had a music video on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. They had references to Jarrett's entire career, including Global Force Wrestling and stealing Kurt Angle's wife. Caster said Lethal was ROH champion when no one watched. Pain. Said he only got over by impersonating Macho Man. No one holds a candle to Max Caster's raps. This was this was a really good video. Yeah, I and, thought, like, I claim sometimes they just do disses on people, and it's just, you know, it sounds like a diss track where it's like, you know, it's not meant to be, like, a super high-quality rap song. I mean, this actually felt like a song, like... It did. And my God, it pissed off those guys, which, uh... <laughs> God, Rampage has some good shit on it this week. Rampage, baby. Okay. Uh, Anna Jay and Ty Mello took on and defeated Ruby Soho and Willie Nightingale. I thought the energy right away when Willow and Ruby come out there, you know, Remix Jones is out there too. And it, ah, oh, that energy that Willow brings is seriously, it's something that's going to turn her into a megastar one day. Literally. If, she, I... if she's given the right career path, her charisma and her energy she is so electric, and she can fucking wrestle, too. But I love this little team. Ruby wants nothing to do with this, like, happy-go-lucky girl. Where Ruby's kind of like, you know, she's got the... she Her character's kind of like emo a little bit, you know, so... A little bit. She doesn't want to fist bump. She doesn't want to smile. But Willow is so electric and so fun. She brings it out of her. And I think this is a really fun pairing. Now... The only way this feud could even possibly continue, which it does need to continue, was the heels had to win this. And so I think that's the right call. I think everyone looked fine. There was some really, some actually fast-paced wrestling going on Mm -hmm. here and some hard-hitting action. And how often do we say that when we're not talking about, like, Tony Storm? So for these four, I thought they really accomplished a lot. I think everyone's stock was elevated. I can't wait to see what the future holds for Willow, especially in 2023. So I second yeah, everything other... that you said there. I will say though, and this is something that I do feel that I need to address. Um, if this segment didn't happen, or I guess if this match didn't happen, and then we just had the rest of everything be the same, you would not realize there were women in AEW. <laughs> Literally, yeah, this was the only thing women did all night. They didn't get a second or, or even like a primer, like a little video package. They got nothing. So... I, like, that's a step back for me. I'm sorry. That's another thing they need to change in, in 2023. Well, no, because like for the last several months, we've had more than one thing going on with the women at the same time. And technically, there is more than one thing going on right now. You have Saray and Britt Baker. You have Tony Storm. Or sorry, Tony. Well, Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter's kind of t- died down. But you have like Tony Storm potentially going to be doing something because she just lost the championship. You have Jamie Hayter being the champion. I mean, and you don't Jamie feature any... And yeah, Jade and the baddies, and you don't feature Jade until Rampage, which again, if you want Jade on Rampage, whatever, but you should then do something else on Dynamite. I don't know. I feel like we can get, I feel like it shouldn't, we should not have to have the conversation of there should have been more than one women's segment on a two hour wrestling show. You because can look figure at this, it out. in back to back weeks, they've gone out there and fucking crushed it. I really hope that in 2023, we start to get at least two women's matches on some of these shows and let them make an event more because. Holy shit, the talk of the town is still that hater Rashida match. And clearly people were interested in it. They a lot of people watched our show last week too. And and we had that in the title. And that was something we were passionate about. So I think I, I hope the numbers are speaking to AEW. And I hope that, you know, 
who this willow stuff is really i don't know i you just said it best we have a lot of feuds going on yet we can't feature two in the same night like ever especially in the ring we can feature two just one of them's a promo but yeah good not stuff, this week good stuff and yeah lexi stops the guns from leaving the arena said they're the best team in aw have dinner reservations they'll address their big win over our next week ftr next week what did i say ftr i don't even know i'm stroking out uh renee paquette she's also backstage with ricky starks said he feels a lot better than action andretti said he'll get revenge from in seattle next week on chris jericho stark said jericho doesn't think starks can think for himself january 4th is going to be a masterclass and starks whooping jericho's ass he's going to take jericho down several notches i'm excited for this match I'm very excited for this match. Um, I mean, I, yeah, it should be a good match. I, I honestly, I, I, um, I, I really am curious where Ricky's gonna go after all this, right? Like, cause, uh, not that that's a bad thing. I just, you know, I kind of feel like it was exactly what I had feared, which is that he was gonna get up to this championship match, and then, oh, it's Ricky's not still not really a main event star. Like, why? He's got to beat Jericho, right? I really hope he does, man. Remember to be fucking sitting here a little annoyed. Um, <laughs> okay. ROH and TNT TV champion. I said that backwards, but you got what I'm saying. Samoa Joe defeated Wardlow to retain the TNT title. Okay. The Meat Brigade collided. Wardlow didn't make his entrance initially. Joe got on the mic to trash talk Denver. Wardlow limps to the ring. They start the match. Joe immediately goes after the bad leg, uh, walked into a spine buster, punches, beating the shit out of him. Uh, uh, Joe fought back with Urinagi. Wardlow responded with a lariat and some corner strikes. Joe hit a really nice knee breaker that uh, sent Wardlow outside. Doctors came to check on him during the commercial break. So here's the whole thing, right? Wardlow's pushing the doctors away. Joe's knocking him back down. Joe continues to pick apart the bad leg before they went into the corner. Wardlow fought off with a superplex, hit a senton atomico, uh, couldn't capitalize. Again, I don't, I don't know how to keep selling it, but these guys are just continuing to wail on each other. But as they're wailing on each other, I'm just, I'm kind of thinking to myself, something just feels flat about this match. I couldn't put my, I couldn't put my tongue on it. I still can't really. I think I can tell you what it is. Um, Wardlow hit the home run lariat again. Looked really good. Joe then answers with a really good leg sweep, which. Makes sense for the match. You know, sweep the leg. How often do we say that? Sweep the fucking leg. Um, Joe tried for a superplex again. Wardlow slid out, hit a really good powerbomb. He tried for the proper powerbomb. It crumbled. Joe chop-blocked the leg. Sank in the rear naked choke. Wardlow fell unconscious. Joe retains. Hands Wardlow his first singles loss since March this year. Wow. Okay. But yet, okay. So I can tell you what it was okay. that felt flat about this. You know what? We could have had Wardlow lose here. That would have even made sense given what they're what they're trying to do. Did we need to have Joe attack him beforehand? I don't think we did. Yeah, it makes Joe really... feel like Joe couldn't have beaten him unless he did that. And I'm sorry, but Joe could have. Joe did. He won the damn championship. I, I see that part of it. I definitely do. Yeah, maybe that is it. Maybe maybe it's because we were selling the leg before the match started, right? 
Well, I just um, think that him being on the back foot, that kind of hindered this match a little bit. Now, I understand they probably did that because they wanted that to be the excuse for why this isn't a 20-minute bloodbath. Well, then why wasn't it just a 20-minute bloodbath then? Again, sometimes that well, we have to justify that. No, you only have to justify that if you want it to not be the what, what everybody wants, which is these two to yeah. just go out there and have the match we know they could have. Like, and why is going that to even Joe... in AEW? Charlie, answer me this. This is a philosophical question about wrestling and about how the wrestling booking gets done. Why is it that when we all know that what the fans wanted from this match was a 20-minute bloodbath where the two of them get to go out there and do all the things that big men aren't supposed to be able to do, Okay. why yep. can't we just do that? Why is that always a holdup no matter what promotion you go to? Why is there always that? Well, Wardlow can't be in a match like that. Yeah, only thing that would make sense is the bookers don't believe in him. But we know they believe in him because they've – they fucking put the title on him. They've done a lot of shit. So only thing I'm thinking of is this is two, one of two things, I think. A, they're really, they have some plans for Samoa Joe to kind of be the new guy that he goes to any lengths, right, to win the match. Even if Samoa Joe's a little scared, he's never going to let you know. B, I, maybe they just, they thought if they do this, Oh, the so we're just going to have Samoa Joe be Chris Jericho from two weeks ago. Okay. Essentially, yeah, or the new or the new Christian. But that's the thing. We all know Samoa Joe's not, so it just kind of – he doesn't need that. I don't know, man. I think it's just Samoa Joe is just a – he's a thoroughbred killer, and he just he's going to get rid of him. Yeah, I mean, it – for some reason – this match didn't have the heat. I, I think because I, I can tell you, if Wardlow had gone out there and they'd had like a ridiculous match, and yeah, I know Joe's not a baby face, but if they had done that, I think that people would be more likely to look at Wardlow coming out of this feud in a positive light. I'm not saying yeah. that they're not still going to like the guy. I'm saying that how do you not if it goes the way that it's going and he just gets the shit kicked out of him and he gets cheated out of this and eventually they have to tell him now nah, we can't give you any more title shots you've, you've exhausted like as many as we can give you you know like, and, and it's totally their fault as to why wardlow's cooled down it's not his fault I, i'm pointing so, the finger so, there. so if we're if we're if you know if that's where we're going and maybe it's not but if it's not then it's going to make even less sense you know like because, like, if he goes on to win, then what the fuck was the point of any of this title shit with Joe, you know? And if he goes on to lose, well, he should have lost in a meaningful way then. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't help but agree. It's kind of like so. it's, it's running into the same problem. And I, and I made comparisons between these two a while back, you know, and I'll continue to do it until they fix the problems with both of them. But it's kind of the same problem you run into with Jade, right? Where it's not that Jade's not good enough. It's not that Jade is not a good champion. It's not that Jade is a problem in and of herself. But when you put other people in there with Jade, it's either A, not believable that they're going to win, which is 99.9% .9 of the time, or two, or wait, sorry, C, or whatever the hell. Um, B, I think is where I was at. <laughs> what does not matter? The point is, <laughs> the second option is that um, Jade is just in a position now where it feels like the only respectable way for her to not lose all of her momentum is to just be straight up beaten by somebody, you know? And that feels like a bit of a letdown. But at the end of the day, what were you building her or Wardlow or Joe or any of these people up for if not to benefit the next person that's going to come along, you know? So, yeah. And that Wardlow thing. Um, So, yeah. And after the match, we'll hit this real quick. 
Wardlow slowly got to his feet. Joe laid him out with his title before pulling the toolbox from out of the ring. Joe pulled out the scissors, laid out Paul Turner with a headbutt, which I really liked that, and cut the man bun off of Wardlow. Joe held the TNT title in Wardlow's hair in the air before Darby Allen's music hit. He attacked Joe from behind with a skateboard, sending Joe scattering. Allen held the TV title and stared Joe down to close the show. I thought that was a really fun ending. And Darby Allen and Samoa Joe running it back, which, hey, they had a fucking kick-ass match before. If this is what they're doing with the TNT title, just defending it pretty much every week, no one's going to complain because it's worked before. That's what worked with Miro's reign. This is what this is what works. It's what worked with Darby's reign. God fucking Miro. And then, you know, you can just have them not defend it like Wardlow did and just stick them in tag matches. Warjo. Shout out Warjo. How many people already forgot that was a thing? Everyone. So, okay. Let's jump into Ramp. Rampage, Ramp. baby. Yeah, there it is. All right, jumping into Rampage. So we already covered the open match. Taped backstage, Shivani. Interview Darby Allen. Perfect timing, by the way, from what we were just talking about. He inter- Shivani interviews Darby Allen and Sting. Shivani let Allen know he was getting a TNT title match next week in Seattle. Allen thinks no one. He's listening off some people and he kind of looks at Sting. Not even Sting believes he has a chance against Samoa Joe. Sting will not. Conf- Sting's not going to confirm or deny those doubts because he doesn't want Allen to lose the chip on his shoulder. Holy shit! Did Sting fire it up even more? Sting in this promo, just the passion was there. He he wanted Darby not to doubt himself, but he also knew he needed that chip on his shoulder. Everything he was saying made sense. It kind of puts you in, the, in a moral that this this whole situation it, it puts Sting in like this moral you know this moral question. You know, does he tell his friend he believes in him, or does he tell him he doesn't? Because he knows if he doesn't, he needs to keep that chip on his shoulder. Sting's delivery here was literally S tier. It was through the roof. I, when we were watching this together and we both kind of were like, man, I kind of just got like some goosebumps from that. Like, yeah, like it's one of the, holy shit Sting. It's the reason why Sting is as as beloved as he is. Cause you know, obviously he can put together a good promo. I also like it being him that tells him about Joe because they have history from TNA. You know what I mean? So um, that's more AW wrestling history being history. You know what I mean? So it's like, yep. Very true, and it, it played off very well. I think Darby and Joe can go fucking light it up next week. And yeah, continuing that, Kip Sabian's already in the ring. He defeats Atiba. He did a double foot stomp off the top about 30 seconds into the match. Ford tossed him uh, Orange Cassidy's elbow pad. He put it on then took it off and hit Atiba with the sloppiest orange punch like ever for the win. But it didn't matter because he fucking won. Got the dub, Drip Sabian. Trip Sabian. Okay. Lexi and Air interviews Preston Vance, who would now like to be known as Perro Peligrosos, which means dangerous dog. He will have his first singles match on um, Rampage next week. If he realized all all he needed to do was to become a star, was insult a child, he would have done that three years ago. What do you think of his delivery here and uh, Preston Vance getting the first uh, singles match next week? Yeah, it's a, a good delivery. I think you know we'll we'll have to see. I I don't uh you know like it's like a, like everything. It's kind of in flux right now. We'll see where it goes. You know I don't want to I don't want to give like my barometer on this yet because I just don't know where it's going. <laughs> so yeah, that's a fair point. Hello, what have we here? Shivani interviews John Moxley in the ring. Moxley cut a really nice promo on Hangman Page. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
for three years, Moxley and Page fought everyone in AEW, fought each other, leading to their inevitable showdown. Moxley proved he was the only top guy that night because when he fought Page that night, he spent the night in the hospital. Moxley slept like a baby. <clears throat> Moxley challenged Page to the forum January 11th. Again, Moxley out here cutting some good promos. What do you think of this? And are you excited for the match? I mean, yeah, I'm excited for the match. It should be a really fun one. Um, I actually got some drama built up in this one because there's history between the guys. And there's also, like, <clears throat> you know, the fact that he injured him, you know. Um, so, uh, but also I like that um, John Moxley is kind of treating, like, it, you know, he's, like, looking past Hangman, which, I don't know, that means hang, I, I, maybe Hangman will win this match. I, I don't know what the role that Moxley has been on that it's likely. That's but, a good point. You know, just because of how much he's been dismissing him in wrestling, that usually means you're about to get your ass kicked, you know, so. Um, and I'm glad they're addressing. Unless you're Jade Cargill. You don't lose. You don't lose. Um, I'm glad they're addressing that. And, uh, yeah, it should be a fun match. In the back, Jeff Jarrett and his crew cut a promo on the Acclaimed. Jarrett and Lethal will get their title shot next week. Holy shit, another promo where I thought Jay Lethal, man, the delivery here was incredible. Sting and Jay Lethal <laughs> cutting brilliant promos on Rampage. Again, at this point, Rampage is just flowing so well. And, yeah, I, I thought, I'm actually excited for the match. As, as ridiculous as it sounds, as much as we joke about slap I'm excited for the match. Yeah, and, like, I want to pretend that I'm like not looking forward to it, but it's not been terrible, you know? So, they haven't done anything egregious, like have sat and try and do wrestling or something, you know, like. Yeah. So, all right, um, we have our TBS championship match. Jade Cargill with the baddies took on defeated Kira Hogan. So, kind of uh, off the start here, Hogan countered a suplex attempt from Cargill with a small package for a one count. Hogan avoided the pump kick. You know, she's she's seen her do it too many times. She scouted it out. Um, commentary played that up a little bit too. Cargill then countered that with a back elbow. The fight went to the floor. That's when our commercial break starts, so there's a lot of uh, Jade throwing her around, a lot of flexing, a lot of taunting, getting reactions from the crowd. After the break, Cargill caught Hogan with a pump kick for a near fall. Hogan rolled to the floor. Layla Gray holds Hogan open for a shot from Cargill. Red Velvet held Cargill back from hitting her. So, and this is, before the match, they kind of showed this little video package of all the times over the past month since Red Velvet's returned, like, she's kind of side-eyed Jade. She hasn't been with a few things that they've done. And I think what they're going to play up here, even more so now, is Red Velvet and Kira Hogan, they're, they're friends. I mean, they're, that's the reason they joined this thing with Jade, so on and so forth. So she stops her from hitting her. Hogan then catches Cargill with a super kick. Really nice super kick again. Hogan's had a really good week. Um, <clears throat> back in the ring, Cargill caught G uh, Hogan with a super kick. Hogan countered a jaded attempt with a bulldog, landed a hip attack with Cargill against the ropes. She hit a pair of super kicks and a sliding drop kick in the corner. She came off the top of the crossbody for a near fall. Hogan then sets up some kind of suplex. Cargill converted it into the jaded out of nowhere for the pinfall. One, two, three. I think I don't have the record listed. I'm pretty sure it was 46 and 0. The record continues in 2022 or <clears throat> on to 2023. But the story here is. She's she's about down to one baddie left because all signs are pointing that it's probably going to be Red Velvet up next. So that's, we might get the official turn on Wednesday. 
because I slight spoiler alert. They are teaming on Wednesday, Jaden Red Velvet against Kier Hogan and Sky Blue. So yeah, is it going to be Red Velvet's time? And hey, at the Warner Brothers, that one thing, the only person from AW featured on their graphics at that Warner Brothers thing was Red Velvet. So I, I'm still always holding on to that in the back of my mind. Like, huh, that's worth noting. But yeah, Garrett, the title reign continues. Really good week on Kiera Hogan between this and the uh, Athena match on Elevation. So Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I'll answer your question, by the way. No, she doesn't have a chance because they're very close to 15-0 and she's not going to be the one to stop it. So, Oh, yeah, no shot. I'm still wondering if she's going to lose a, a match in a tag. That would be really weird, and it would also be exactly what I argued should be the way her undefeated streak gets snapped. Like, she's in a tag next if week. If they do Red that Velvet. after me complaining for months that they should just do that, get this fucking stupid title, or get the stupid undefeated streak off of her, that way they can stop playing it up so much, and they can actually give her something to do. If they do that, like, six months later, I'm just gonna be done with Jade forever and just not care about anything <laughs> that happens with her from then on. Because it's like, okay, you know, it's, so you denied me for months. <laughs> and then now you're going to go with it because you knew I was fucking right the whole time. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll never let, I'll, if that's what ends up happening, they need to fucking no, write the their no. matches count? Uh, torn your, torn your undefeated. It did for the guns. For, okay, because so. I'm wondering now if after they, she had like the trios matches with the baddies, if it counted. I'm assuming it does. Yeah, she hasn't had that many singles matches recently and it's gone up, so. Okay. Uh, also, Red Velvet left without celebrating Cargill's victory, which, again, they kind of exchanged that look. So, dissension within the baddies. A brief Jamie Hayter promo aired. Hard-hitting match between Hayter had last week with Sheeta. It'll set the new standard for the women's division in AEW, as it should. Hayter yeah, the new standard is they picks. only go on the second-rate show. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hayter doesn't care if Soraya picks. Soraya, fuck! To be a partner in two weeks, no hints of who partner could be. But in later segment, Excalibur said they would be investigating it further on Dynamite Wednesday. Lexi Nair interviews Mark Sterling. Sterling was sick of Danielson interfering in MGF's affairs. And pro bono, Tony Nese will take on Danielson on Wednesday. And yeah, so Danielson's return to Seattle. He's facing Tony Nese. Again, I would have rather than pick Josh Woods. Excuse me, I can live with it. Um, some more stuff announced for next Wednesday. Just talked about. Announced for Battle of the Belts 5, Kip Sabian and Orange Cassidy will find the square off for the All-Atlantic title. Okay. Swerve Strickland with the Mogul Affiliates takes on and defeats ROH Pure Champion Wheeler Yuta in the main event of Rampage. Pre-match, there was a funny line about <laughs> Yuta said about being tattooed redo rejects. That was pretty good. But, um... Yeah, Garrett, what did you what did you think of this match? And uh Swerve Strickland. First match on his own. Well, you know what I mean. First match uh, with the new singles run. Yeah. Uh oh uh, yeah. So I think um they it started off like way, you know, uh, in that technical area that I kinda like wrestling to start in, you know, that sort of yeah. trading back. I think there was like a good like 17, 18 seconds where they locked up from the beginning and they didn't unlock until <clears throat> almost like thirty seconds into the match or something. Um, which was pretty cool. Uh, you know, I always like to see that. It's something usually you see for like Danielson and Dax Harwood doing, you know, so which you know, it's not that Swerve and Wheeler aren't capable of that. That's just not something that everybody always does all the time. 
Um, they had uh, some really good back and forth throughout this match. They were both hitting some really clean spots from their repertoires. Um, the more interesting thing I think that we kind of got onto while we were watching this match that we started talking about was, I don't know if I would have had them face each other here. I don't, I don't know if this is the right time because they can obviously have a good match and they did. But yep. uh, I don't know if where Swerve is right now quite meets where Wheeler is right now. I mean, I guess you could make that argument for anyone at any... Oh, jeez, smacking the mic and making that for anyone at any time, really. But I don't know, and it was you that pointed it out, if I would have had them face each other here. Charlie, your thoughts? Yeah, um, Yuta just being a brand new champion and Swerve in a brand new light. I think Swerve is destined to have a fucking massive year in 2023. Maybe they did it because the records reset, so Yuta doesn't he doesn't take the L here going into the new year. They mentioned that, so that makes me. Since they mentioned that, does that mean anything about the rankings? I don't know. Uh-uh. You and I are in the same boat here. We're we're cool not having rankings. It just it gets too fucked up. No, I mean we can have no. This is the, so I should clarify because I've I don't think I've made myself clear about this. I'm okay with us having rankings. They just need to fucking matter. If they don't matter, we shouldn't have them because they're just there to yeah. serve as an excuse sometimes. And so it ultimately is just I just want the same it five books teams. Them into a corner. So I'll give you an example with the time, the tag teams. It's just I want the same three teams that are in the top three to be available, but I'm not going to use the one that I have as number one because they're not the one that I want right now. It just makes it messy, you know. So it doesn't make it make it. It makes it make less sense and less makes it less sports like than the sports like after like sort of vibe you're going for, you know. Like if someone's number one, they need to get a number one contender shot. As simple. Or and they did this with FTR and Swerve in Our Glory. They should just have them have a match. Why is that such a difficult? Oh, well, I don't want to give that match away because it would be a great pay-per-view match too. Then don't have them be the top ranked teams. It's that simple. If you're going to have rankings, make <laughs> it's them like you work. Create the gimmicks. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this match, I, I thought you hit a lot of it on the head. I, these guys also a kill shot reference in the interview by Moxley was awesome. Shout out kill shot. That was swerve in uh, Lucha underground, but these guys, I thought they had some insane chemistry together. I thought the match, it was 12 and a half minutes, and they took advantage of every second. The early on exchanges, like you said, they flowed very nicely. And later on, we uh, Swerve, he won with a low blow on Yuta after knocking out the ref. But before that, we both kind of, we bit into it. We thought Swerve might get the one kick to the side of the head pin. When he does that, it's going to be great. Um, it almost happened here. Really good match was almost my favorite. I re- went really hard between this one and uh, the beginning of Rampage. So, yeah, that is uh, that is it for Dynamite and Rampage, baby. That being said, next week, okay, here we go. Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho. I- I'm I'm going Ricky Starks all day. Got to okay. take Starks here. Okay, I, I, I yeah, I'll agree. Okay, okay. TNT champion Samoa Joe Darby Allen. Who you got? Uh, it's not a pay per view, so Samoa Joe. Okay, <laughs> that's true. AEW tag team champions defend against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. The acclaimed defend against them. I'm not taking slap nut, so we're going the acclaimed, baby. Yeah, there's there, there's no slap nut express happening here. Danielson versus Tony Nese. I'm pretty sure we both got Danielson. Yay. Swerve Strickland versus A.R. Fox. 
Yay. Count me in. We're going uh, Swerve Strickland here. Yay. Jade Cargill and Red Velvet versus Kira Hogan and Sky Blue. I don't think they're going to get Jade's first loss here. Yay. So I'm going to I'm gonna take her. <laughs> MGF is, has to appear. Yay. Medical update on Hangman Page. So, again, fully loaded show. Like every match we just talked about, they have a star appearing in. Dynamite is loaded. Two weeks from now, we got the match seven. <laughs> we got the mystery tag. And there was another match that covered the show. But now, of course, I'm forgetting. GG. And yeah, so that'll be it for us, guys. Again, catch you can catch Garrett here on Twitch, the Duke of Derps. Catch him on Twitter, Yay. Bane Duke. Catch me, oh Charlie, with an X instead of an A, and of course our our uh, channel on Twitter, Eat Sleep Elite. We kind of just post stuff. We just kind of create like a little uh, little community outreach. You know, any questions for us? Let us know. If we get questions on there, we'll fucking add a question to the news each week, and we'll we'll talk. We'll literally do your question. It could be anything. I'll do you one better. If we get multiple questions in in the same week, we could just do a segment of viewer questions. Our listener yeah, questions, I guess. I'd love to do that. And if you guys end up wanting to do that, you stuck around for the whole show. Eat Sleep Elite is the Twitter handle. Tweet a question. Send us a DM. You name it. Um, as we said, we'll always follow you back. So the DMs are always open if you want to send it there. So, And I'll actually the, uh, do myself one better. Why is Gamora? <laughs> Shout out Gamora. Um, <laughs> that'll be it for us, guys. We'll catch you next week. Well, we're talking uh, the new Dynamite. New and improved. This is Rampage, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, you shut your fucking mouth. Yeah.